I'm on a boat. Live from Alpenhouse, it's Chris Honorado, it's Ashley Miller, it's Honorado and Company, uh, ahead of a major boat show in the Capital Region up in Alpenhouse. I hope, I don't know, I just kind of plopped down, I hope that the Barletta pontoon I'm sitting on right now at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam is not going to get hauled away in the next hour to go to Queensbury. If it does, I'll be going on a little trip. It's not so bad. Yeah, no. It's I mean, it'll be a, like, it'll be a cold trip to Queensbury for you, but and it's raining a little bit. But there's a really nice, you know, cover that that comes as part of this Barletta pontoon as well. Of course, your your ultimate supplier for boats, RVs, pools, spas, jet skis, whatever you need in the capital region, Alpenhouse is your spot. We've got news not major news but news at least i'll take even a little bit of news yep, a nugget. on the aaron Rodgers jets front okay we will cover that of course we're going to react to what we saw in the first and second rounds of the ncaa tournament we've got our buddy andrew catalan coming on in about 15 minutes to uh, recount that epic upset that fdu pulled off and his incredible call to match the moment we have our follow the pack segment as well and oh by the way ash we are inside a week now of Major League Baseball's spring train of uh, spring training opening day, opening and day. we saw a great World Baseball Classic yep. to really carry some momentum into opening day. Let's get it going. is Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. And we love being here at Alpenhouse at least once a month. Our thanks to uh, Andy Heck and Katie Osborne for being part of this show from the very beginning and for at least letting me feel like I could be on a boat. It's been a while since you've been on a boat. I was on a boat last month here. Oh, well, a month. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A little roll call here. Ready? Do it. Good morning, Owen Co. Good to get my occasional fix of Chris on a boat. That's Jay Pulaski. See, uh, he yeah. agrees. It's been a while since you've been on a boat. Carol yeah. is watching, as always. Good morning, Carol. And Sam is watching, and he says, welcome back, Ash. I was on a little vacay last week, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I kind of forgot about that. Uh, you owe us one, I think. Well, is what, I was a part of several segments. Yeah, that's Part true. Of several segments. Yeah, okay. Uh, I will throw up my final four, which I revealed last week. See how many of those are actually still alive. We'll do that later on in the show as we talk okay. about the NCAA tournament here. I've got the Dirty Difficult done by Performance Industrial still to come on the show as well. It's got a college basketball theme to it. But if you're looking for a little bit of a nugget here on how close the Jets and Packers are to getting a deal done, this will help. This will help. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they add Miko Hardman, speedster, mm-hmm. a multi-use guy at the wide receiver and, and running backs in slot position and, and a kick returner as well. Uh, he had some really nice moments for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they trade Elijah Moore. So you're saying to me, well, the wide receiver room is still full. They, they need to do something there that they've signed Lazard and now signed Miko Hardman. But it's the trade here of Elijah Moore to Cleveland that stands out because the Jets send their third 
to the Browns right. and get a second in return. What that does, now they have back-to-back second-round picks. I think it's 42 and 43 in the second round. So what that does is it gives the Jets a little more ammo to say to Green Bay, look, we're not willing to part with our first-round pick, which is, what, 13th overall, but we will give you both seconds. Is that enough? No, but maybe we'll give you a fourth or a fifth that's a conditional, and if we make the playoffs, that pick goes up to a two. Or if Roger plays the entire season, that pick goes up to a two. Or if he says he's coming back for a second year with us, that pick goes up to a two in 24. So there are ways that New York can get creative here. The Packers certainly are in no rush, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, again, I think that was everyone's immediate thought was when they get the two back. Okay, well, now they've got two twos and potentially more to be able to offer up. And and we're grasping at straws here. We're just assuming all of this is because they need to make moves in order to get this done. Roger said his intent is to play for the Jets, yep. but they've got to be able to get a package that that works for the Packers. The Packers aren't just going to let them go for free. That's not how this works. Yeah, and look, obviously they would love to get a first-round pick. Uh It's just not going to happen. At 39 years old, if it was going to happen, the deal would already be done. The Jets would have given in and said, here's our first-round pick in April. It's it's just not going to happen. As much as I would love to see that happen, no way. So uh, the Jets at this point probably have a little bit of an idea from Green Bay Without the one being included, what will this take to get it done? And and maybe it's a player too. I've seen the idea yeah. that Corey Davis maybe goes to Green Bay because the Jets have to do something about his salary anyway. Okay. Um, they they'll have to cut probably probably Davis. He's due to make ten million dollars. So okay. maybe you can move him in this trade. He Matt Lafleur knows him from their time in Tennessee. So maybe it's a, a package of picks and Corey Davis that goes to Green Bay, and this thing finally gets done. Look, it's funny. I've heard anytime I see something, you know how I get, Ash. Anytime I see something promoted on TV or a podcast and Aaron Rodgers' name is tied to it, I listen, I watch, I read it. Um, And I've, I've been a little amused at people who are saying they're tired of talking about this. Be grateful. As much as you may not like the guy or just the the saga of it all, This is creating interesting, at least I think, uh, content in the beginning of the spring around the NFL. Okay, A lot of these other free agent signings are nice to talk about for like three minutes. The Rodgers thing goes on for three months. Yeah, because he's such a weirdo. Um, I I would call him the most interesting man in the NFL. Whether it's Uh, good, bad, or otherwise, people are infinitely interested in Aaron Rodgers. Whether he's going into the darkness coming out into the light, playing for the Jets, playing for the Packers. People are interested, and now it's making the Jets more relevant than they've already started to become. So if you're a a Jets fan, if you're a New York media person, you have to love it because it's good for football. And NFL is king. We know that. Any story in the NFL will run the show all year long. Yeah, it's true. I mean, unless you get – go ahead. Carol says it's part of football history. It's true. Yeah. Um, unless you get a 16 beating a one, which is what we saw this past <laughs> weekend. And uh, it was done by the Harvard on the hacky, as we like to call it back in Northern Jersey, the Harvard on the Hackensack FDU, which is where my mom was a math professor for many, many years. 
which is where I grew up going to the Rothman Center to watch college basketball games. FDU, I, mean, I remember back in the late 90s, a guy named Elijah Allen dropped 43 on number one UConn in the NCAA tournament. FDU lost that game. I don't remember how many. But but I, I remember that moment. I want to say it was 98, Rip Hamilton, I think. Andrew Catalan, our buddy, will will correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. But uh, I also grew up going to FDU when the Giants had training camp there before they came to Albany. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I felt like I should have probably in the lead up to the tournament been a little more passionate about the Knights. Um, but Chris, it, it, you yeah. slept through the entire thing. Yeah. You slept through the whole game. Yeah, I know. I literally woke you up with two minutes left and was like, listen, this is probably going to happen. Do you want to see it? You're like, yeah. no, I'm good, and rolled over. I, know. I was like, you know what? UMBC's already done it. I'm good. No, I am, you know, I have I have gotten so much worse with this schedule. So much worse. It's hard. It hit, it hit 6 o'clock at night, and I am, like, ready to just pack it in for the night. Um, so if I push myself to 8.30 and 9 o'clock, it, it is – it's sometimes a miracle. Okay, one final thought here on the Rogers stuff. We'll take a quick timeout, and we'll get to our, our buddy Andrew. I, I answered this question, Ash, last week when you weren't on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, because it now is imminent, um, where do the Jets rank in the AFC when they do finally get Rodgers? Uh, I think we sort of talked about this the week before, too. Like, if it were to happen... For me, it puts them even with Buffalo. Like, it gives them a real shot to win the division. I still think they're not as good as the Chiefs and the Bengals. Um, yeah. But the Bengals have lost a lot. Like, there have been people who have left the Bengals. The defense is um, hurting. And, yep. and the Chiefs, who have been a little bit surprising. Yeah. So, I think it puts them in the mix, but I wouldn't. I still wouldn't put them ahead of a team like Kansas City or Cincinnati right what now. About, what about Miami? Yeah, listen, Miami should be better, but I think that all hinges on Tua. They've done everything to make that team better, but is Tua going to be healthy? Is he going to be the playmaker that we saw, you know, glimpses of last year before he got hurt? Or is he going to be the injured guy who people didn't believe in in the first place? So I think it all hinges on Tua. I'm not sold on Miami, but I wasn't sold on them last year either, so. Okay. Um how do you feel about Rodgers at this point? I talked about this last week too. How do you feel about Rodgers at this point? Is is there a lot of game left in him at 39? Is is there that you know uh, uh, that always present chip on his shoulder yep. that all of a sudden he finds again in year number one with the Jets, which he clearly found a couple of years ago yep. based on the disrespect he apparently felt up with the Jordan Love pick and he went out and won back-to-back MVPs. Is there a lot of game left in him? And yeah. do you think all of a sudden we see, you know, the the 2020 Aaron Rodgers again? Yeah, I mean, I think he lives his life with a chip on his shoulder. That's how it always seems to me. And he plays, even when it's not a really successful year for Green Bay, he plays with a chip on his shoulder because I think it's like Aaron Rodgers against the world. The world is out to get Aaron and he plays that way. And I And if that's what it takes to get you going every day, then have at it. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league still at the age that he's at. I think he's got two good years left in him. Um, Because, listen, the the dude can throw it deep and make it look easier than maybe anybody but Justin Herbert still at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, he just kind of flicks it and it goes. But what he does best is, like, 
and this is going to sound, it's always an insult, game management, but he's a, he's a game manager. He can dink and dunk, and then he can just let one rip. And, and he still has that ability at his age. So I think he's got two good years left in him. And I definitely think he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder and want to come out here and prove that, listen, I'm still one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. Put me on any team, whether or not I built, rebuilt it with the New York Jets, a la LeBron James. But yeah, I think you're going to see a really good, inspired Aaron Rodgers. I've talked about it. I'm not sure that they're a Super Bowl contender this year. Maybe next year, but after that, I think you're just now getting too old. So if this is like a three-year project, I'm not sure it's going to work. Yeah, no, they, they only make this trade believing they can win immediately. Yep. And obviously some of the trades and, and free agency moves they're they're making here speak to that. All right, go ahead. Ryan McCarthy, real quick, says good morning. And Rodgers has never had a defense like the Jets currently have. Hopefully the offense comes together if he gets traded to one Jets drive. Chris is convinced that last year's Packers defense was as good as the Jets defense, right? Yeah, I push back on that. Yeah, okay. uh, Jair Alexander's an all-pro corner. They have used, and now look, just because you use first-round picks on defensive guys doesn't mean you've got a good defense, but they invested a lot of money on the defense. They invested a lot of draft capital on the defense. That, that defense, from a skill standpoint, was as good as the Jets' defense. Maybe the, the people, you know, plugging and playing and, and calling the, what was going on there, not as good. But I, I push back on the, the idea that this Jets defense was like head and shoulders better than anything yep. Rodgers has had. The defense the Packers had when they won the Super Bowl was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I push back on that a little bit. Okay. okay. Can I take a time out here? Go ahead. Okay, let's do it. When we come back here on Honorado and Company live, from Alpenhouse in this beautiful Barletta pontoon boat I am sitting in this morning. We'll talk with our buddy Andrew Catalan, who, of course, had that epic call of FDU beating Purdue. And I want to ask him, does he now think when the brackets come out and the announcer teams are attached, do college coaches sink knowing if they're a top seed, they're going down? I mean, this guy is the king with Lapis, the king of the upset. And so I wouldn't want to see them anywhere like, near oh my man, game. Get those March. guys off our game. Yes, yes, correct. Get him some laryngitis or something <laughs> that he can't be near my game in March. That's what I would be thinking when the brackets came out. Back right after this. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. When the Boston Braves left Boston, mm. that, was, that was the event that broke my childhood heart. Um, for, so for a long time, I held out uh, against baseball in general, but my mother was the most loyal Boston Red Sox fan ever. She she loved them. And when they started winning, of course, <laughs> she was delighted. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to love a team when they're winning. 
All right, that is part of uh, my conversation with the great Sam Waterston as Law and Order returns to NBC and Peacock and News Channel 13, season 22 uh, as the district attorney on Law and Order. That was a fun conversation I had with him about the Berkshires, about some Boston sports, uh, the North End in Boston and all that. You can look for some of those clips on News Channel 13 throughout the day. Today, we kicked it off with the morning show as we do the show live every Thursday and I'm live on a boat. Maybe we could get Andrew's dad over here to get a new boat. He might be interested in something like that. I could imagine a Barletta pontoon boat. We just, we just send Jess up here to get a boat uh, without Andrew even knowing about it. Let's bring him into the conversation here. Andrew Catalan, our buddy, of course, from the news channel 13 days, but now absolutely killing it in the NFL and college basketball with CBS. AC, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I have two favorite parts of the show already, okay. um, if I may. Number one, Chris from a Barletta pontoon bone at Alpenhouse saying, Ash, you know how I get. And Ashley kind of going, yeah, <laughs> I know how you get. And then Chris throwing to break, breaking down the epic game that he admittedly slept through. Despite Correct. Ashley's attempts that's, to wake him up. That's what I'm like. Yeah. You act like you you were a part of this whole experience. Meanwhile, huh. I'm listening to your calls and I wake him up. I'm like, you'll never believe what Andrew just said. And he's just like, I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah, I mean, we had this whole soliloquy about going to the Rothman Center as a kid. Basically <laughs> like FDU forever. And he slept through it. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough, it's- Ash. I hear you. I'm glad he has a real connection to it at least. But I said, because he was like, you know, my mom, he was texting with his mom like early first half when they were, you know, kind of in it. And so I could hear his phone going off and I'm thinking he's got friends. He's got his mom texting him because FDU is like really in it, got a chance to win it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he should wake up to see it so he can have this discussion later. I tried, (laughs) but I wasn't going to force the issue. Now, if it was a, a school night per se, I get it. But wasn't that a Friday night? Also? It was. It yeah. was. Yep. It was also St. Patrick's Day. There may have okay. been, you know, a little bit that caused me to fatigue earlier than, than I should. That's yeah. fair. Okay. Now we're getting yeah. the full story. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, Andrew, uh, let's talk about some golf. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you obviously <laughs> had this. Everybody wants a piece of you right now because – of this call you had, and um, I got so many things to hit on. Let me just let me just start with this. Um, FDU believe it, and Holy Knights of Columbus. Which of the two do you that like? That was my better? favorite. <laughs> um, well, so FDU believe it. At halftime, I texted a couple of friends and just said, "FDU believe it," kind of tongue in cheek. And they were like, hey, that's pretty good. And then, honestly, I just forgot about that because the biggest part of me during that broadcast was not getting too far ahead of myself. In fact, the producer with one minute to go in the first half during a commercial got in my ear and said, hey, let's let's roll in the UMBC Virginia highlights. And I said, let's 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 not do that yet. Let's get to the second half and then we can really dive into this because I think I have a tendency to get overexcited and I didn't want to go nuts. You know, it's, it's 12, 10 FDU. Like, 
nobody needed that. I didn't need that. So I really wanted to get to the second half. And then with about eight minutes to go, I think the Knights of Columbus came blurting out of my mouth. And that's when Amazing. I really felt like, okay, here we go. Let's do this. Well, and I read this, I think, on awful <laughs> announcing when you were talking to them. And, you're, and you said, like, I have a tendency to get a little bit excited, but also that we've seen this before. We've seen this play out where a team stays close in the first half and at halftime it's a one-point game, like the UConn game that they played in the first round. And by the end of the game, it's a 20 to 25-point game. So that's why you don't roll the 16-1 upset in the first half. You wait until it's at least there's at least a, a definite chance of it to happen, right? Yeah, I think we've seen that movie before, right? Like the underdog hangs around, they're making things interesting. Maybe it's a game at the half and then Purdue comes along and, and right. remembers their Purdue, but that mm -hmm. didn't happen in this case. But I I wanted to at least get to that point right. before we started going crazy like we ended up doing. So you've now created uh, two great t-shirts the last yeah. couple of marches, <laughs> the cheerleader last year. And now I, I see t-shirts being sold with, with FDU believe it. Uh, I don't know that broadcasters could get NIL stuff, that but, would be but it awesome. feels like we're dipping into that. So that you're you're right. And and you know, they were like, Do you want a t-shirt? And I think that would be really weird to walk what? around with a t-shirt with my call on it. I can't what I can't. You don't do have to that. walk around with it. You have to own one. Yeah. You have to own one. <sighs> 20 years I, from now, you're going to be the guy that you're like, yeah, remember this? This is my call. <laughs> uh, I don't own one yet. Um, I'm not going to buy one either. Um, <laughs> but if they want to send me one, I guess I could keep it in the. Would the Jess wear one? Yeah, yeah come on. Uh, to like soccer maybe. practice or something. Okay. You know, All something. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Chris and I will wear one. <clears throat> okay. Proudly. I can see that. So if I get and one, I would, I'll give it to you guys. How's that? We'll, we'll buy And I would own. tell everybody I saw every second of it live we'll glued <laughs> from my couch. He would lie his face off. FDU um, didn't see it. Yeah, FDU yeah. yeah. didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be for Chris. That's really good, actually, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I was kidding going to the break, but I, I, I'm after you know how I am, too. I'm, I'm half serious. When when coaches see you and Lapis on the call of a game, they must be like, well, this could be a, it for us, fellas. These guys are on the call of so many upsets or epic endings of games in March. I get that it's dumb luck the way it works out, Andrew, but uh, maybe a little bit here on just like, do you feel fortunate with the games you've been presented? And and obviously you, you rise to every moment of them, um, but but give me a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just luck, right? Luck of the draw. I mean, for so much of the last couple of months, I was rooting to go to Albany to mm -hmm. be around you guys and call the games there. And then the assignment comes. And I, I'm not disappointed because I'm just honored to do it. But I was like, oh, that would have been really cool to go to Albany. I end up going to Columbus and it's historic. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, um, it, you could have a site where you don't have much going on and it's still great. You're a part of the NCAA tournament, but this year we just seemed to hit the jackpot with not only that game, but then the game after I thought that would be kind of like, Oh man, no one's going to talk about Florida Atlantic Memphis and the final five seconds of that game were, you know, incredible. So just the luck of the draw this year and uh, we'll take it. Andrew, I read this as well, that it, people were like, Oh, did you kind of realize in the moment, did you enjoy it? And you were like, 
you may, you realize it, but like you don't really get to enjoy it because you turn around and a half hour later, you got to be ready to go for one of four games. Like that day is such a grind. When do you like get to really respond to text messages and mm. you know what I mean? Just kind of enjoy the fact that you were a part of that call without, you know, going right to Memphis, to Florida Atlantic. Yeah, it's a great question, Ashley. And I think back to my time at Channel 13, actually, I'd say that one of the things I miss most about not being in the, the newsroom at night is the camaraderie mm -hmm. and being around everyone and having a game on that everyone's kind of talking about as you get ready for the 11 o'clock news. I, I don't have that as much anymore. So after the FDU game, the teams for the next game were already on the court. It's like you can't start looking at Twitter or text, like you have to call the next game. But then after that game, it was like midnight. We all got back to the hotel and the whole crew from technicians to cameramen and women, everyone was in a room with pizza and beverages. And that is when it really like, that's what I miss about channel 13, mm -hmm. that breakdown <clears throat> of everything and that hanging out. So that was when it really hit me and I think a lot of us that we could like look back at what happened and celebrate it together. So that was a really cool moment for me and I think for all of us. What would you say is the first big upset you called? I have a game in my mind just as we've been chatting, but um, what was the first big upset you remember? 2015 when RJ Hunter hit Georgia the State. Shot. Okay. Yeah, yep. exactly. I'd say that would be the first one, certainly in the tournament. Yeah. And that was epic, too. Um, do you remember the first game where they put the little camera at, at the at the media <laughs> table awesome. where it's shooting up at you? Do you remember the first game you had that going on? Um, well, I think I'm going to have to send that to some people to, to give me some help because I need yeah. help after watching that camera. I am just I don't know what I'm doing. I don't I don't. That's not for show. That's just me. No, it's that's amazing. Just, it, it's a little crazy. Andrew, I think it's very endearing and I, I am very biased, but I think it just shows like it's so cool to see because that's that's a point of view that the viewer, the casual viewer doesn't get to see. We don't see your face a lot on screen to see that perspective and like the emotion and the fist pumps and like just you guys sometimes looking at each other like that stuff is yeah. incredible because it's genuine emotion in the moment. And that's the stuff that I think people forget about. Like we're human. We're experiencing all these things. And sometimes we're having to tamper emotions in order to deliver the product. You know what I mean? So I think it's a really cool thing. And maybe you are like embarrassed by it or whatever. But from our perspective, it, it just, I think, makes you look all the better even. No, I appreciate that. I would say that I've always kind of seen my job as being the fan on the couch. Yep. And I think that's probably what comes out in me when that happens. <laughs> um, and again, I'm not rooting for right. a team. I never, I don't care who wins the games. And that's, that's the concern I think I have and other announcers have with this thing, that if you're mm. fist pumping, mm -hmm. it looks like, you know, you're rooting for FDU or you're rooting against Purdue. And we have one of those in the NFL but we very rarely use it because if I do that when the Jets score, then the Dolphins fans are going to hate me next week when I do their game. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah. I think it works a little bit more in college. It's, it's, it's just uh, our producer is a big fan of it, Jonathan Siegel. So he's been the one that's been uh, getting me on it. It's incredible. And you can't let the idiot fans ruin fun in sports. There's another, you know, uh, 
the, the Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, Stan Van Gundy, Furman call is epic too. Like it just, I love to see the interaction that is nonverbal, especially between play-by-play analyst uh, and that that window into it i think for casual fans uh is is so great here's the one drawback with that camera the shot you gotta always make sure like the nose hairs are mm. are trimmed and it's such a we can't get a better angle on this thing right. i know it has to sit yeah. on a table and it can't block your vision of the court but we've got to find another way right it's down and dirty. I mean, it really is. It's just right there in front of you. And I'm constantly being told, like, move your cup. It's blocking you. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of – we're still feeling this, this camera out, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, March is always uh, – it's always madness. There's a reason it's called March Madness. But I feel like – and tell me if I'm wrong – like, we are trending – so far away from 20 years ago when we never gave anyone a shot, never gave a 16 a shot, never gave even like maybe a 12 a shot over a five. Now it feels like chalk is going by the wayside. I know we have two two ones left, but does that do you feel that? And do you kind of enjoy the idea that like, okay, there's not these powerhouses that nobody thinks can be beaten anymore. This is not how this tournament works. Yeah, a couple things. Um First of all, I think college basketball is a lot older right now with the yep. COVID year, with red shirts. And Purdue in that game had two freshman guards. Yep. And yep. even though FDU was the shortest team, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that um, I really think that that's a part of it right now. And number two, I, I I said something in the in the second FDU game that it was important to me to get across. And I was thinking of someone like a Brian Bury and St. Rose when mm-hmm. I said it. I'm being honest. There's this stigma attached to Division Two mm-hmm. that these guys aren't good enough to play or coach at Division One. I mean, I think back to times when Brian Bury had opportunities to move on, and 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 I I love Brian, and he just didn't get that chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that Tobin Anderson mm-hmm. got that chance to go from D two to D one, and that three of the starters on his team this year that beat Purdue were Division Two players last year. I think that's a great lesson for everyone around that you don't have to go D1. And if you don't, you're just as good as some of these guys at D1 anyway. Yeah. And I think I said this to Chris, like good for Tobin for recruiting guys that nobody else wanted to go play at D2 and good for him for taking him to F taking them to FDU because he believed in them. If he didn't believe in them, he wouldn't have taken them to a D1 school and then gotten them to the tournament. And you know what I mean? So I think sometimes it just takes belief in kids and opportunity. That's so much about what sports is about. And it's just kids who are talented, but don't get the chance. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that really worked in FDU's favor this year on many levels. Uh, Andrew, last week, uh, Craig Ford, Craig Forth on to recount 20 years since that national championship team came through Albany. And he on the spot just did a little impromptu Jim Beheim impression as we talked about Beheim retiring. I'm not going to ask you for for your best Beheim. That that wouldn't feel right. But uh, I am curious as a guy who covered that Syracuse team, uh, WAER Hall of Famer. Obviously, you still love your orange. Um, your thoughts on Beheim's career and and now being the time that it it comes to a close. Yeah. Well, I was two years out of school when they won it, so I graduated yep. 01, but obviously followed it very closely and. Um, didn't get to go to New Orleans, but watched it closely from my first job up in Vermont. 
Look, I think Jim Beheim. it's amazing to me that he started coaching Syracuse before I was even born. And that when I was in school, he was not even halfway through his career <laughs> or about halfway through his career. Um, he's provided so many wonderful memories and moments for Syracuse fans. And I'm just glad that that press conference after the fact, when everyone kind of came together and then they kind of made it right, that that was um, that was important for me to see. And um, nothing but good things and good memories from from Coach Beheim. And I don't want to show up Craig Forth on an impression because mine's no. not good anyway. So I'll let Craig have the moment. Uh, Chris threw me under the bus and told Craig that Ooh. I said the day that Syracuse won the national championship was the greatest day of my life. This is wow. true. It's not true. I said one of the greatest days of my life. That's yeah. fair. Our wedding, Syracuse winning a national championship seems pretty close. Yeah, the day, it's a toss-up. The, the day you no longer have to do this show with me will surpass all of that, I'm sure. Uh, Andrew, uh, hello to everyone in New Jersey, man. Uh, I love seeing Jess back with NBC. Yes. Um, and uh, and I know she'll be on early Friday morning, even earlier than, than you. me. Yeah. yeah. How about that? So I'm but she stayed to... up for FDU. Man, I'm telling you, brutal. I'm just going to get killed on this constantly. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Thank you, buddy. As always, right, man, guys. for your time. Anytime. Great seeing you. You too. Andrew Catalan with us here on Honorado and Company. All right, Ash, I'm in search of power. We'll be back right we'll after this on O and Co. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. That was fun. Always so good catching up with Andrew. The insights that he had from calling that game against uh, of FDU and Purdue, and and that camera. I'm telling you, that camera so is good. absolute gold. It's gold, yeah, it's gold. Absolute gold. Did there's you find power? Yeah, there's going to be a day where his fist pumping punches that camera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it may not be uh, unintentional from some of the stuff we we chatted with Andrew about. Um, all right, uh, you know, let me just dive into this. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Our guy, Bill Miller, and his great team, Sean Wilcoxon, up at Performance Industrial, Dirty, Difficult, Done, each and every single week here on Honorado and Company, coaches, because I've been done with them for a while. 
But coaches should be done yeah. with these declarations of, oh, this is my dream job and, and my career will end here. It would be like me sitting here on this beautiful Barletta boat and saying, this is my dream boat. But then I hit the lottery and now all of a sudden I can afford a yacht. Okay, so don't tell us it is your dream job. They're generally, generally speaking, I know I'm, I'm on the host on a show with my wife here. Generally speaking, there are always better opportunities somewhere down the road. Boy. Generally speaking. So while you may feel very fortunate to be in a spot the way Rick Pitino was to kind of have his career back at Iona, and I understood he was late 60s when he took that job. Don't tell me, hey, this is where I'm going to finish my career. Because when you have three successful years like you did with Iona and you have struggling programs every single year, they're looking for a coach. He's kept his nose clean and, and he's been, he was exonerated. He was exonerated of all those charges by the NCAA. So St. John's wants him. Of course he's jumping on it. Mm-hmm. And even he pokes some fun at himself like, I know I said that Iona was my dream job. I only said that because who's going to hire a 70-year-old? Somebody. Somebody will hire a 70-year-old with his track record. He's a Hall of Famer. And if they prove they can win again in the college level, they're going to hire him. St. John's did. So I'm just, I'm just done with it. What I, what I want to say and what I should have said, it only take five seconds to say. Coaches, if you tell us in the media or the fan, in the fan world that this is your dream job or your career will end at a certain place, we're not going to believe you. It's white noise, period. Well, it should be white noise. Listen, I had a problem. I've always had a problem with this. Relates to Syracuse for me a lot of times. Like, Doug Marone took the Syracuse job, said it was his dream job. Left for the NFL. Like, that, like I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it because I don't believe you to begin with. Yeah. Like, this is my dream job. But you have to say coaching is your dream job. You know well, what I mean? This, like, being this. in television is my when, dream job. When, yes, uh, like yeah, being a yeah. sports broadcaster is my dream job. Just right. the J-O-B part. Yeah. I'm not going to – you can't say that, though, when you go to a new team or you, you when you're Rick Patino, you already had your dream job five times over. This is the sixth version of your dream job. Yeah. The show is not your dream job. That's who you're getting at there. All no, right, you're up. Working with you is my dream job. Oh, that's nice. As you look for bigger and better things – be in the future, as you said. No, I'm just saying, life. You know, there's a there's a, a sportscaster who who I should give credit to on, and I will. I don't care. Colin Cowherd always said, mm-hmm. you know, your your uh, life is always about options, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's you're only as good as kind of your next option. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is my, and I got into this a little bit with Andrew. And listen, I understand. There are still one seeds left in the NCAA tournament, but chalk, just throw it right out the window. I found myself picking underdogs, especially we're in a pool and we pick to cover. We pick by the spread. So I found myself picking underdogs repeatedly. I mean, more than I ever have. And they've pretty much come through for me almost every time. Like you've got a team like Furman who did it. Princeton, who is in the sweet 16, by the way, as a 15th seed. FDU, who knocked off a one seed. This is going to happen time in and time out with the NCAA tournament, and I think it is the greatest thing ever. You like it. So 
Georgia State, Little Rock, Little Rock when they did yeah. it. Like the the names and the teams that keep coming, but now they're coming fast and furious. And I think the pressure is all on the higher seeds now, and it always has been. But to the point where I think I think it's like making these guys nervous. Like you could tell. I told you this. The Purdue guys were afraid to shoot the ball late. They were yeah. terrified of losing that game because of the implications of what it means to be a 16 losing to a one. Same thing, 15 to a two. But I, I love the fact that all bets are off here. All Chalk is out. All bets are off with the NCAA tournament. See, I, I always felt like, yeah, oh, I, nobody loves an early round upset like Chris Honorado. But when I get to the Elite Eight and the Final Four, I like my chalk. Yeah, I like, yeah. I, and, and, I, and yeah. I, I use chalk in, in, in the sense of I like – having what are perceived to be the best teams and best players on the biggest stages. So, you know, this is going to sound like a dig at FDU and Princeton and Furman and FAU even for that matter. But like when I get to the final four, give me the teams that have the five-star recruits that have the NBA lottery picks. Give me those teams because I love the Cinderella story, but but eventually the ball ends and the the chariot or carriage turns back into a pumpkin. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy was given Sorry. some, uh, yeah, some Jersey, know, Jersey teams some love, which was good. Yeah, St. Peter's and then FDU, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And Princeton. And Princeton. Jersey, Jersey, and have, Jersey. Yeah, how about it? Okay, we are, we are the forever – underdog the the the, the, the state i don't want to hear that, that about people it. just Come talk on. trash about they don't understand how you great talk of a trash state about that it. is people... i can't i'm allowed to no no As no somebody from the, it's like no. it's like you're allowed to make no. fun of your own family no. No. But if somebody else does it now we've got to fight but you can't right? uh, you can't knock other people for doing it when you do it too i don't like it i don't like that How's that? Okay. I don't like that. Here's my final four. Do we like this? Uh, Alabama still alive. Duke, out. Duke got, See ya. Duke got handled. I mean, they were never even in that game. I don't Sorry, care what the score man. said. They were never even in that game. Uh, Texas, still alive. Gonzaga, still alive. Will any of the remaining three make it through the Sweet 16? Not asking to get them through the Elite Eight. Will they make it through the Sweet 16? Yeah, I think okay. I think Alabama will. Um, I I think I'm gonna take Xavier over Creighton if we or if we get Xavier over Houston if we get that matchup. Okay, but Houston's not in my final four. No, I know, but I, I'm saying I, I'm just kind of talking out mine. Okay, um, go ahead. But yeah, I uh, Texas maybe Texas maybe, but I think Bama is your is your shoe in. I'm not so sure on Gonzaga. They've got UCLA, the Zags. I would take I would take UCLA. And I believe I did in my pool. Okay. All right. Still have to make my picks. I will weigh that. Uh, and this was my national champ from last week, Alabama. Okay. I mean, it's still there. Texas. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. All right. Let me take a time out here. I, I, I can't, you know, the World Baseball Classic has mm. its its lovers. It probably has more haters. And I don't like those people. I don't like to use that. I, I don't like to say, hey, people, but I don't like the haters with right. the WBC. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and Ash and I will talk about what makes 
the World Baseball Classic so special and why they should continue to play it every three years and why I believe it has created great momentum going into Major League Baseball's opening day. Back right after this. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. You know, it's almost like I'm, you know, replicating the movements of being on a boat here. Rock and roll. Because I've got a little rockiness going here. But I'm, I'm on a another beautiful Barletta boat here at Alpenhouse. And you've Check got power now, huh? little canopy action. Okay. It's beautiful. Just in case it rains like it is on this Thursday as we do yeah, the show live. Chris Honorado, Ashley Miller with you here. We appreciate you guys watching each and every week. And, of course, the uh, local business partner support that we get on this I, show. I got to get you some Rockman comments here. Please. Uh, the Dookie fan, now on UCLA. Beacon Zaga. Okay. Uh, let's go UConn. Rooting for okay. UConn as well. UConn, yeah, we haven't talked about Andre Jackson. Okay. And Kansas State going to beat Michigan State. Okay. Um, I think Here's they're all smart picks. Uh, yeah. Arkansas going to be tough for UConn. Very I agree. athletic. I agree. Um, not that UConn isn't, but but if you, if UConn's making its threes, forget it. it mm-hmm. It's game over. But Arkansas can UConn's defend. Deep. That's Musselman's MO. Like, we're going to get into you. We're going to, to play aggressively. I've got good guard play, which he does, even though it's a freshman, Nick Smith. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see, Rockman. Let's see what you got, buddy. Lasky, Hurley versus Muss. Great coaching matchup, Ooh. no doubt. That's going to be like yeah. a wild scene yeah. on the sideline. Wild. Yeah. Winner loses his shirt. And uh, Nick Madelone, who we haven't – sorry – who we haven't uh, spoken to Izzo time. I mean, you can't, you can't overstate what that guy has been able to do in March. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 you don't, you're not so much. He, he wins when no one thinks he's going to win. But, but didn't Beheim do the same thing? And you know me, I'm not lauding the praise of Beheim, but, but Izzo's also, been there more than Bayheim. But I also think there have been years where Michigan State doesn't achieve yeah. Yeah. what a lot of people thought. Yep. Been a while since the title. So maybe they they overachieve or they underachieve. Like when they're a, a higher seed, they get knocked off more often. And when they're a lower seed, they exceed expectations. So maybe they just kind of do – it's either they're getting upset or they're doing the upsetting, but it's never like they do what – is kind of expected of them. He's a great coach, and I and oh, I love him. I mean, I I, yeah, I think his personality is terrific. He's a yep. great coach. Was this a great game or what? Awesome. Um, we got exactly what we wanted at the end, not the result for all you USA fans, but we got Otani against Trout with so two outs in the ninth inning in a one-run game. 
and, and I didn't care what the result was, honestly. Like, I was just enjoying the World Baseball Classic of what I was able to see of it. Um, it's a great event, and it needs to be played every few years the way they currently have it slated done. Mm-hmm. I know Altuve is going to miss multiple months. I know Edwin Diaz is out for the year. This stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But, you, but, but there is – I mean, they sold out that stadium in Miami. When's the last time that stadium saw a sellout? It, it has – it, it brings a fervor mm-hmm. to the sport of baseball that just doesn't exist when yep. it is only played by Canadian and American teams, period. Yep. And, and Mike Trout, I understand he hasn't played in a lot of postseason games and big games. I get that. But he tweeted out that it was the greatest honor of his career. Trey Turner called a grand slam in the quarterfinals the biggest hit of his life. And he's won a, he's won a World Series. So mm-hmm. these guys, even the Americans, it isn't just about the international players getting an opportunity to play yep. on a big, big stage. It is the major league players who have 300-plus million-dollar contracts, Ash, who are saying, this means more. And that's all I need to hear. Yeah. I, and I think it makes sense. It It means more to represent your country, which is why I'm a little surprised that more players don't do it. Um, but yeah, it, you can tell that it means more. It means more to the fans. Everyone gets into it when, no matter what you believe politically, when it comes to your country, it sports, when it comes to your country, you get behind it and, oh, yeah. and it brings people together. It brings players together. These are guys who are playing with guys who they never get to play with other than like an all-star game. And it just has so much more behind it. It's, it's for top billing in the world who's the best baseball country in the world you want to be a part of that so japan won the first ever world baseball classic the u.s was the defending champs and japan wins this one uh as well it's second world baseball classic title they'll do it again in three years when we come back here on honorado and company we are following the pack the way we do each and every week with the albany firewolves back right after this. At Sellers Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcellus is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of NYSCOBA are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who helped deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Back on Honorado and Company, still on a boat. Still on a boat. Chris and Ashley uh, from Alpenhouse. And Ash, we thought the preseason was like a real time of change for this Albany Firewolves roster. We weren't so sure that we'd see as much activity as we've seen already in the regular season. Let's get things going with our weekly segment here on Honorado and Company. It's called Follow the Pack. 
with the Albany Firewolves. And we have one of the newest members of the squad with us here on Honorado and Company. It is Marshall Powis. Marshall, it's good to see you, man. Thanks for doing the show with us. It's Chris and it's Ash. Uh, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You're taking a little time out for us uh, as you are teaching lacrosse and then playing lacrosse on the weekends. Uh, is your entire life lacrosse? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like a lot of my life has to do with lacrosse. <laughs> Marshall, Chris referenced it. He said one of the newest members. I think you're the newest member yep, of the Albany Firewolves. You come from Sask, a team that drafted you uh, back in 2020. So this is your first time being traded, which happens a lot in this league, I've come to find out. What is that moment like, and, and what has your new ex- newest experience been like as a part of Albany just for one game here? Um, it's really good. Um, you know, like uh, when I, I heard I got traded, um, you know, it was uh, not really a shock to me. I kind of felt like it was coming, but, um, you know, I, I took it as a new opportunity. And, um, you know, I really enjoy the opportunity that I got so far. And um, I can't wait to see what the the rest of the um, the season brings us. <laughs> this is Sorry. epic, by the way. I mean, incredible walk and talk <laughs> skills, focus while you're doing the interview. Kids outside trying to distract you. You're looking for a, a private corner. We will we'll let you get back to work here in a moment. But but first, Marshall, you were a, a top ten pick not that long ago. You were one of the the top draft prospects in that class. And I know this Firewolves team, I I love the approach here because the worst thing you can do in professional sports is be in that gray area of like, are we rebuilding or are we halfway trying to win? Or like the Firewolves have decided we're in a rebuild. We're going to collect as much young talent as we can and as much draft capital as possible. You're one of those young, talented guys that obviously they believe can boost this offense. How do you see yourself fitting in now for the rest of this regular season, but in, in what this franchise hopes will be a rebuild. Yeah. So um, I, I just want to, you know, contribute to the team and uh, do my part, you know, put the goals up, put the points up. And then also, um, you know, my biggest thing uh, with my game is I, I like to play as a team. So um, it doesn't matter who scores or how we score as long as the team scores. And, um, you know, that's all that matters to me. And as long as we get the win, that's uh, that's another, another plus for me. So, yeah. Marshall, if you had to give us a scouting report on yourself, what would it be? I'll tell you what coach said about you in just a second. All glowing things, but what would you say about <laughs> your own game? Um, I would just say I'm a, you know, a pretty um, average player. I, uh, you know, can handle the ball, but I can also set the picks and get people open. And uh, that's pretty much what my job is to do. Um, is just uh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much my what my job is to do is just to, uh, you know pretty much play as a team. And I, I figure that's what, um, you know, everybody, every player's, um, you know, job should be. So. Well, you're pretty modest because coach called you a high IQ guy, crafty, deceptive, but like you said about yourself, he said, you will make your teammates better. He said, you'll make specifically these lefties better. So not a bad scout mm. by you, somewhat similar to what coach said. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty close. Um, I, I do like to, um, I would say crafty, but then also um, I don't like to use the, the word crafty just because it seems like uh, it could be like kind of showing off. I don't really show off. I just um, I make the passes that I know I can make. Uh, so I, I, I really trust uh, my behind the back. So I, I probably trust it more than my forehand. So I, I use that a lot. And, um, you know, some people might think it's crafty, but um, it usually works out for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, Marshall, we appreciate the time, man. We're uh, interrupting you while you're at work. Uh, can't wait to see you on the field this weekend. Saturday night, Firewolves are back home uh, against Toronto. Marshall, thank you, man. Continued success. Stay healthy. All right, good stuff there with Marshall Powell. Ash, let's take a quick timeout here on Honorado and, Com- and Company. When we come back, those Sweet 16 Elite Eight predictions. Back right after this. The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team invites you to join us on Saturday, March 25th at 7 p.m. as we take on the Toronto Rock for Star Wars Night. Post-game autographs right on the turf featuring members of your Albany Firewolves. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. Okay, Ash, last couple of minutes here on the show this week. Uh, Sweet 16 games on Thursday. Uh, this is always the opportunity for people to watch over the weekend and say, uh, you were wrong. You were wrong. So let's see how it goes here. Hey, all right, Josh Harrison watching Room for the Firewolves. I'll unmute you, Ash. Come on, we're, we're, we got to be better about this, huh? Who right. do you think you are? <laughs> feel like you're muted every week. Uh, I like Kansas State. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm going to stick with UConn here. Okay. I think the size of UConn. Ooh, okay. Um, like the size of UConn, okay. I'll take Tennessee. Me too. I'm just picking straight winners here. Yep. And I'm going to go with Gonzaga because I have them in my final four, so I just have to stick with them. I'm going UCLA, so we're opposite. Give me Alabama to beat San Diego State. Okay. Give me Houston to beat Miami. Mm-hmm. Give me Creighton over Princeton. And you like Xavier, but I'm taking Texas. I'm going Xavier. Okay. All right. So we've got some, uh, some differences to root. For and against. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just straight winners. We'll see how mm-hmm. it shakes out on the other end with the uh, Elite Eight. Fun chatting with Andrew Catalan. Yeah, awesome. uh, we get to do it once a year after the NCAA tournament. Um, he's always and he gracious always with his a time. great reason to do it. I mean, I know. Correct. The cheerleader right, like, and then FDU. Right. Like, we're going to bug him anyway, but he just creates these great storylines and conversation pieces with his incredible calls. Enjoy the games, everybody. Thanks for watching Honorado and Company.